Hello, this is Linda Drake, and you are dialed into the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We welcome you to the podcast where we highlight the thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are growing Arizona's promise as a world class technology business hub. Each of our episodes features an innovative entrepreneur, transformative leaders, and technology titans. These are people who are reshaping the state's evolving tech ecosystem as we speak. All of us at the Arizona Technology Council and at Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting are excited to be able to bring you this podcast every month. We love bringing you closer to the current information about what's happening in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. I am Linda Drake. I'm a certified executive coaching consultant with Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting. I hope everyone listening today is as excited as I am about our special guest. Today we have just a wonderful guest on the podcast for Arizona Technology Council. And today's guest is Dr. Anna Greif on a joint job path as a CEO in 2020. She leads a talented team of coaches and staff supporting close to 700 students in industrial trades, information technology, and healthcare career pathways. As local businesses struggle to find skilled talent and fill vacancies, job path offers a unique approach to workforce development. With demonstrated success, JobPath was founded in Tucson, Arizona in 1998 to create economic opportunity by helping under-resourced adults overcome barriers to completing short-term degree and certificate programs in high-wage, in-demand careers in healthcare, industrial trades, and IT. Serving nearly 700 people this year, Job paths outcomes positively impact and improve our local economy. 95% of participants complete their program of study and 85% get a job in their field within six months of graduation. That is quite an accomplishment. The graduates fill critical positions at local businesses. So, I'd like to introduce Anna, but first I want to tell you a little bit about her. Anna holds a doctorate degree in education from John Hopkins University with a specialization in entrepreneurial leadership in education. Anna's got a master's degree in public policy and management from Carnegie Mellon University and a bachelor's degree in business administration from the University of Arizona. Anna. Welcome to the Arizona Technology Tech Podcast. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here and have this opportunity to share the work that we do at Job Path with the Tech Council membership and listeners. 
Wonderful. I'm sure listeners are very interested because of being in the technology field, you know, what job path can do for them as they have issues with hiring as everyone does. So, but in a more technical field, it becomes even more difficult. So tell us a little bit about job paths history how and why it was founded, and how it evolved over the past 24 years. So uh, I'd be very, very happy to share the history because it is such an important part of how we do what we do. It started 24 years ago by Pima County Interfaith and a group of concerned business people in our community who were seeing a high rate of poverty and still employers not being able to fill their open positions with uh, qualified talent. And so they went out and they interviewed thousands of people in the community and trying to find out why were people not able to access these high-paying jobs. And overwhelmingly, the response was an inability to access education, so even the the technical careers, the short-term careers that would give them the skills to get in the door were not uh, attainable because it wasn't just the tuition. It was also everything else that comes about when you embark on an education journey. So, for example, they had to reduce the number of hours that they were working in order to accommodate their school schedule and to make the time needed for their studies. And, you know, for some programs like nursing and aviation technology, it is a full-time endeavor. You can't have a full-time normal hour job because those are the hours that you have to be in school. So between that and paying rent and paying childcare and uh, textbooks and certification fees, it wasn't just the tuition that was a barrier. It was the entire package. And there was a program that was, that had been developed already in San Antonio called Project Quest that had had very successful results that really worked to eliminate those barriers. They had funding to be able to pay for things that were, uh, related to cost. And then they had a team of coaches that were helping students around barriers and, and uh, helping them navigate other resources. And so that's what was developed here in Tucson. Um, and originally it was a part of Pima County Interfaith and it became evident eventually that it needed to be its own standalone 501c3. And so Job Path was incorporated uh, as its own entity. And we've been operating like that for, for many years now. In the past, uh, I would say the past three or four years, Job Paths Board of Directors recognized that serving 300 students a year was good, but certainly nowhere near the numbers that our community needs to fill the number of vacant positions that are going unfilled. And so they began a, an effort to create uh, the the to gather the resources that were needed for Job Path to be able to expand. And that included advocacy for additional funding and a redesign of, of Job Path's operations. And that's when I was hired. And I'm happy to say that in the last couple of years, we have increased our capacity. We're currently serving 670 students in, in Pima County 
And we have the capacity now to serve students in Cochise, Santa Cruz, and Pinal counties as well, which is a really important expansion for us because, as we know, our community is very porous. Our our county boundaries are arbitrary political boundaries necessary for governance, but that's not how people live their lives. And so we had students that were residents of, of Pima County that were attending Cochise College or uh, Central Arizona Co- College in Pinal because they had the programs of study that they needed. We have students from other communities that come and study at Pima Community College. And, and that's how people work as well, right? We have people in Oracle, for example, that may work in Maricopa County, but they may work in Pima County. And so we want to recognize and work within what, what people need. And so now we're able to do that. It sounds like, Anna, you've brought substantial growth to job patterns. And tell us a little bit more about how you achieve those outcomes. Well, we, I would say it was three pronged. Number one, we had to get additional funding. And because of the COVID relief money that has filtered down both to our local governments and our, our state government as well, we've been able to access that additional funding that was needed. So that was first. Secondly, we needed to change our internal operations a bit. To, to be able to serve more students without increasing our overhead significantly. And so we've em, uh, embraced technology. We've changed a lot of uh, how we uh, issue funding uh, allocations to students so that now everything is done online and in much simpler processes. And then finally, it was, uh, a, I think the biggest part of our growth was being able to reach more students being able to identify those students that needed our services and let them know that our our organization exists and that we're here to support them. And we've been working very closely with Pima Community College to do that. And we're expanding, although in the past we've served the healthcare professions very intensely, we've increased significantly the number of aviation technology students that we serve as Pima Community College increased their capacity in that program. As many of our listeners know, they more than doubled the capacity of that program in the last couple of years. We've been able to keep up with that. And I do want to give a shout out to Ascent Aviation, who has been a very strong supporter of our ability to grow in that and to grow in that sector. And then we're also increasing the number of students in automated industrial technology program, which feeds into our manufacturing community and in the computer information systems program at Pima, which feeds into our IT sector. Just wonderful, Anna. And so tell our listeners why these outcomes are so important. Well, I would not be wrong in saying that every single employer out there has struggled with the lack of uh, talent out there. There are just not enough people applying to jobs and certainly not enough qualified people applying to jobs. And so what we're able to do is support individuals who have chosen a career 
to make sure that they have every resource available to complete their program of study. So if we look at the the attrition numbers of a typical community college for adults, which is the population that we serve, uh, the average age of our students is in their late 20s, early 30s. When we look at their their persistence rates, they're quite low. They fluctuate depending on the program that you're looking at from 40 to 50%. And that's, that, that's not very many students that are completing. And we last year had a persistence rate of 95%. So the students that we support, we help them finish. And these are the most motivated, talented, creative individuals in our community. They are persistent, but sometimes the challenges that they face are outside of their control. And as we often say, right, if you have a a problem that can be solved by money, then it's not really a problem unless you don't have the money needed to solve that problem. So whether it's paying rent, paying childcare, sometimes something as simple as a $400 car repair can just wreak havoc when you don't have alternate transportation and you don't have those $400 in the bank to cover that repair. But we're able to help students overcome those challenges and and not have to leave school. Because look, when you're balancing feeding your family, your work, making sure that your kids are, are able to go to school, and then something happens in your life, but you are also a student and something's got to give, it's typically going to be your own classes that you're going to drop because your family and your work have to come first. So we make sure that they're never in that situation. Anna, you have a very unique perspective. The job market and the difficulty that some people are having getting through school and getting the kind of jobs they want. So tell us, how do you see Arizona's workforce changing now and in the next few years? So we know that there's a high number of uh, individuals that are retiring, and we know that there's not very many young people in the pipeline, right? Because we're just having fewer children as a, as a society. So employers will need to become more proactive in how they reach their prospective employees. They need to build a pipeline, what I hear a lot of employers call their bench, And you do that through engaging earlier and earlier with them as they're getting into the workforce and then building an infrastructure internally in your organization to upskill them so that they can access better jobs within your company so that they don't have to leave your company to get their next raise or their next promotion. They can do it internally. One thing that employers are starting to recognize is that whereas before they would put out an application and create a job description that would filter for talent that already had a particular skill set, I think employers now are are seeing that it's so important in order to attract the right kind of talent to put out job applications and to create a, um, a search process that is very clear very transparent. So individuals who are looking for a particular field, but maybe have a slightly different background can still identify with what they're seeing in that job posting and apply because employers can take advantage of those transferable skills that they may have learned in some other uh, industry or line of work 
and then provide the training internally for those skills that are specific to their industry or their company. And as employers are are understanding the job market that we're in, we're seeing the most proactive ones changing their processes. And I think eventually we'll see everyone having to adjust. I think your commentary about building the bench and the pipeline earlier on uh, is very powerful because then there's a draw into the company and a kind of a more welcoming effect and feeling like that company that you would like to go to work for is part of your growth overall. So uh, it's like inviting new family members. And I think that approach is is very, very important in the marketplace today. Very important. Bravo. I am just delighted for your success. So what can employers generally do to relieve some of the pressures of the labor market? We talked about pipeline we talked about building the bench. Is there anything else they should be doing right now? Yes, I think building an internal culture that is welcoming, as you just said, is so important. We have undervalued the importance of training supervisors so that they know how to effectively manage their teams. That that has two different benefits in my mind. Number one, your frontline employees will be more satisfied and they'll be more effective and more productive if they have the best leadership. And number two, you're providing a tangible opportunity for upward mobility for those frontline employees if they see that they can grow into becoming a supervisor and it's a desirable job. If we don't give our supervisors the training they need to be effective supervisors, then they're not happy with their job and their teams aren't happy with their leadership and they don't want that job, right? They, your your uh, uh, frontline employees will will shy away from having those jobs. So I think that we're going to see a resurgence of training and development departments within organizations as they start seeing how important it is to train their staff and to build that really strong company culture so that they can retain employees and not have to spend so much time recruiting new team members because of turnover. Anna, those are excellent observations. So how can employers connect with that? We have three different ways in which they connect. The first is by lending us their time and their expertise. We have employers in in uh, many different industries that we partner with, and we love for them to come in and speak to our students and talk about what it's like to work at their companies, what they can expect from a career in a particular industry. Those are very motivating conversations for our students and helps them keep their eye on the prize of that higher paying job at the end of their studies. So that's the first one. The second one is by hiring our students. When our students are done with their program, they're trained in their technical skills, but we also offer a lot of training for our participants in human skills or or workforce skills, what a lot of people call, call soft skills. So we're training them on communication and problem solving and goal setting. So we know that our students are going to be 
fully prepared to be productive members of any organization. So when employers reach out and hire job path students, they're going to be happy. Third uh, way is, of course, through funding. We are an organization that depends very heavily on and all our sources of funding, many of which are government, but a big portion of that does come from our corporate donors and, and business partners. So if they're interested in promoting the work that we do, we are very eager to hear from them. Excellent. Just excellent. Uh, I am just absolutely delighted to have this conversation and to understand the innovation that Job Path is bringing to our marketplace. So how has your membership in the Arizona Technology Council benefited Job Path and vice versa? So I personally have been a member of the Tech Council for over a decade. First, because I was just very interested in technology and I wanted to learn more. And slowly it's just become a part of my of my uh day job, so to speak. And so when I joined the Job Path team, I felt it was really important for us to continue our involvement because that is how we know what's going on in our community. Uh, Pima County is very reliant on its technology companies, whether they're in the research areas or manufacturing or commercialization. We just are surrounded by technology. So if we If we know what's going on in those industries, we know what Pima County needs. So for us, on the one hand, is making sure that students are learning the skills that they are going to need to be successful in this job market. We know our students stay here in Pima County, so we want to make sure that they are fully prepared and able to have that, that upward mobility that we want for them. Secondly, we also want to know that we are truly fulfilling the workforce needs of our community. At the end of the day, the government funding that we receive is for that purpose. And so the more we know about what's coming, what areas are growing, whether we're going further into aerospace or whether we are uh, in the optics space, you know, every, whether it's IT, every company, as we see them grow, as we see them hiring more and expanding more, we know that we need to double down our efforts in those areas. And the tech council is a window for us to know uh, when those things are happening. It sounds like a win-win for Job Path and for the Arizona Technology Council. I am delighted to have had this opportunity to speak with you today. Our guest today is Dr. Anna Greif. She is the CEO of Job Path. I would encourage all of the employers listening to this particular podcast to reach out to Job Path and engage in their multi-level participative studies and ongoing activities. Anna, it was a pleasure to talk to you today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I want to thank our special guests for taking the time for this interview today. We are excited that our next show will feature another fantastic Arizona Technology Council executive whose business is going on right here within the great state of Arizona. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And please, if you have any great suggestions for a future episode guest, or perhaps if you want to become a featured guest yourself, 
please contact the Arizona Technology Council's website and look for the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We look forward to spending time on our next episode with you together. And until then, remember, invest in innovation, invest in your team, and continue to invest in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. See all of you next time.